All right, welcome friends to another episode of White Collar Crime, where we show you the only color that truly matters in our criminal justice system is green. I'm Ryan Horn, your host. Great to have you aboard. Me personally, feeling a little better, finally getting over the COVID that I had. As I said, thankfully, wife and I both had mild cases, but it was nonetheless uh, still pretty difficult to get through. And thankfully now on the mend, although I know there's still a lot of people out there dealing with that. So, you know, be careful out there. Got another episode on uh, oil spill that a lot of you might remember. Probably more of you that listen will probably remember this than... uh, the Exxon Valdez spill, most people my age or, you know, younger aren't going to remember that much. I remember the Exxon. I was in high school, but, you know, people younger than I am most likely don't. And uh, this is one that just happened a few years back. A lot of you probably remember the Deepwater Horizon scandal, oil spill. And this is not, you know, we've done a couple episodes recently on that. This is not a dig at the oil industry because I love the oil industry, especially wintertime right here in the Midwest. It's pretty cold and I like staying warm and the oil does help us do that. And, you know, right now, actually, as I record this, we have some pretty serious winter weather on the way here to the Midwest in the next couple days. And I know if you're listening out in the Northeast, I know Boston and New York and in those areas there, we're just absolutely hammered with heavy snow over the weekend and that's headed similar type weather here we're looking at an ice storm and some snow very heavy snow in some parts and it'll be put to the test our uh, power grid and you know the oil keeps us warm this time of year and i'm i'm very thankful for it but you know there's good and bad in every industry and sometimes these scandals happen and it can be a pretty harmful effects of what with what happens um but the deep water horizon scandal It is considered the largest marine oil spill in U.S. history. So this is even bigger than the Exxon Valdez that we covered a few weeks back. And this was a little bit more recent, April 2000, actually to be exact, April 20th, 2010. So we're going over a decade now, but still fairly recent. And about 7.45 on that day, high-pressure methane gas rose into the drilling rig And it was ignited and exploded. Eleven workers went missing and were never found. Ninety-four crew members altogether were rescued. The Deepwater Horizon, it sank two days later, the tanker. And about 210 million gallons of oil leaked and flowed for about 87 days. So, you know, three months. Long time of after effect now BT, BP British Petroleum they challenged the numbers saying only about 34 million uh, was collected or burned before it reached the Gulf War waters however by June oil and sludge had washed all the way to the shores of Louisiana Alabama Mississippi and the Florida coastline so this is out in you know Gulf of New Mexico where this happens happened and the presence it was seen about even up to a year later in fact two years later uh, oil was still being found on the coastline of Louisiana and like the Exxon Valdez that we covered a few weeks back it happened outside of Alaska the true damage to the wildlife will never be known 
The investigation showed that BP did make some mechanical adjustments, but they were not enough. And removal was, of course, costly, so thousands were assigned to the removal efforts. And it's also debated on how much of an impact the controlled fines, or I'm sorry, the controlled fires had on the air quality. You know, try to keep this under control, as we know. You know, burning oil is not, you know, particularly good for the air. So this was a a concern that happened at this time. And oil-eating microbes were also deployed to help digest the oil. But it was not until about 2014 when BP would announce the cleanup along the coast was completed. So you're talking four years later after this spill happened that they say the cleanup and, you know, the, the harm of this has been cleaned up and, you know, it's all good and made whole. Now, the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service, they made great efforts to save many animals. However, many were not spared. Over about 8,000 different species were said to have been impacted. 8,000. You know, a lot of different types of wildlife in an area like that, so it's understandable when you have a big disaster somewhere like that the impact is going to be huge and a lot of different uh you know different type of wildlife will be impacted and the area like the prince william sound in alaska that we've talked about with the exxon spill it is dependent on wildlife for industry you know fishing and all kinds of industries like that it's the backbone of the economies in these types of areas And chemicals from the spill were found as far away as Minnesota. You're talking all the way on the other end, from the Gulf all the way up the Mississippi River, all the way up to Minnesota. I mean, that's, you know, one end of the country from the other, north to south. That's how far the impact was on this. And this was found in some migratory birds all the way up in Minnesota. No, that's a long, long stretch of, you know, territory to be impacted by one oil spill, just to show you the enormity of how bad this spill was. And commercial fishermen reported a 50%, or I'm sorry, 50% of shrimp were found later to be lacking eyes or even eye sockets. So, you know, you've got almost like a toxic avenger type of, uh, you know, effect that's going on and happening in the wildlife and you know especially for shrimp shrimp's a huge industry there and uh this is what the fishermen were discovering and some of the cleanup crew were even hospitalized and many workers you know they reported the effects you know of this exposure respiratory problems vomiting skin skin irritation and even some memory loss or confusion you know pretty serious uh Pretty serious symptoms there, you know, maybe a little skin irritation, you know, a little uh, shortness of breath. That's to be understandable, understandable, you know, exposed to something like that. But uh, when you're talking, getting exposed, you know, and you're having memory loss, a little bit of confusion, that's, that's a pretty serious ordeal, folks. And uh, this is what some of them encountered. And losses to the local industry, whether it be with shrimp, fishing, you know, whatever, boating, all these things were impacted in this area. Tourism was estimated to be in the billions, not millions, but billions with a B. You know, huge impact on what happened. And the fishing industry alone was estimated to have lost over $205 million. I'm sorry, 
2.5 billion. Just the fishing industry alone, 2.5 billion. That's a lot of money, folks. I mean, that's that's a lot of jobs that were impacted by this. A lot of people who were not, you know, might have missed paychecks and not able to take money home and support their family, feed their children. Pretty serious. So serious that the U.S. Attorney General ordered an investigation in June of 2010, about two months after this happened. And the U.S. House Committee on Energy and Commerce, they held some hearings, which, you know, every time I hear something or see something on Facebook that there's going to be some type of hearing in Washington or this or that, I just kind of scoff and roll on because, you know, let's be honest here, folks, whatever your political affiliations are, how much, how many times do these things actually really solve anything or account for anything you get some little colorful sound bites for the news maybe some things said this and that but almost nobody is ever actually charged on either side for actually any real wrongdoing that we know is going on so yeah there were some hearings held on this but uh not a whole lot really from the federal end and of course bp they tried to blame halliburton and uh transocean different corporations that were involved in this and they, in turn, pointed their fingers back to BP, British Petroleum. Not too surprisingly, uh, nobody wanting to take full responsibility for this. So a National Commission report indicated that really all three were to blame. Cutting corners and trying to operate too cheaply. Now, how many times have we seen that? You know, the big example, one of the most famous cases uh, that concerned this. Of course, we studied a lot when I was in grad school at the University of Cincinnati, the Ford Pinto case, you know, it was one of the early podcasts I did on this show on white-collar crime. They had an exploding gas tank, exploded very easily on impact, right there near the rear bumper. Rather than spend a very small, minuscule amount of money, about $11 a pop, and fix it, they took the gamble and realized that, you know, it'd be cheaper just to take a risk and let people die, and that is unfortunately what happened in some cases, and Ford knew this, and they deliberately let it happen. Well, Kind of the same thing here. Uh, all three of them were involved, and in the this explosion was brought about because, in some ways, it's believed because of some cost-cutting methods they took to try to cut corners, and ultimately led to risking the safety of their workers. And you know, we have at least eleven that were killed and never found again from this explosion. And the official U.S. government report mostly blamed BP, but they did place some on Halliburton and Transocean, which, you know, they're oil companies. They're, you know, they're, they've got their issues, I'm sure, just like any other large corporation. And, you know, Halliburton has a, sometimes I would say, less than a reputable reputation, for lack of better words. So, as you can expect, the families and people involved in this civil action soon followed. And BP, it did cost them a lot. Uh, In fact, to the tune of about $20 billion with a B to settle these claims. And as I've said many, many times, almost every episode, you know, you don't want to sound, you know, like a broken record, but it just is really true. Oftentimes, the only recourse that families get in these cases is in civil court, you know, because so few times in these cases do white collar criminals actually get prosecuted and spend time in jail and if they do it's not any serious time certainly not comparable to what a lot of white collar i'm sorry what a lot of street criminals get uh even sometimes for non-violent offenses they don't get anywhere near as much time as these uh 
white collar crime criminals and corporate criminals end up doing. And a lot of times, as I've said many, many times also, you know, the damage sometimes these street criminals do is nowhere near as harmful. And yet they do so much more time in jail. I mean, billions of dollars in damage, lives lost and, you know, livelihoods destroyed, you know, animal wildlife permanently destroyed and and lives ended. And we'll talk in a little bit how little was done on the criminal end of that. But most of the time, if there is any justice, and if you are wronged by a white-collar criminal, unfortunately, civil course most of the time will be your best course of action. Sometimes that's the only place you can get justice. And, you know, we've seen it work in the criminal world like that several times. You know, example I think I've given before, the O.J. Simpson case. You know, he was acquitted in criminal court. Yeah, we all, most of us would probably agree he was guilty. I remember studying that case. I was in college at the time, and personally, I think there was enough evidence to show he was involved in that, but, you know, not my call to make. The court, the jury acquitted him, but uh, Goldman's family, one of the victims, was able to pursue civil action against him and get a very large settlement. Now, to my knowledge, he's never paid that out, but, uh, you know, they were able to get that, and oftentimes that is the only type of uh, recourse people get, uh, victims' families especially. You know, we saw that with W.R. Grace, the mining company, uh, again, Ford Pinto, a lot of these cases, this is the only type of uh, redemption, for lack of better words, or uh, justification, you know, that people will get out of these type of, of cases when they're harmed, or I should say, uh, you know, any uh, restitution. Now, over about 100,000 claims were settled. That's a lot, folks. So, you know, again, just to show you the deep impact that this case had, that's how many cases that they had to settle out in this. Over 100,000. And in November 2012, so you're talking not even 10 years ago, uh, BP, British Petroleum, and the U.S. Department of Justice agreed to about $4.5 billion, billion with a B, in fines and payments, the largest in U.S. history. That's the largest fine that we ever know of that the U.S. government has ever leveled, levied against anybody was against British Petroleum. So, you know, they're paying out billions and billions of dollars, but, you know, honestly, they have it, you know. Uh, and that's another reason why a lot of times there's not justice in these white-collar crime cases, because these criminals, these white-collar criminals, have the money to absorb these. You know, oil is one of the biggest industries in the world, and BP is one of the biggest oil companies in the world. So even though this is a lot of money, and I'm sure it did, you know, cause some harm to them, it's not put them out of business. You know, they still are in business, and they did survive all of this type of payout, and oftentimes that's what ends up happening in these cases. They're, they are able to absorb it and keep going, and unfortunately, they have the potential and the possibilities out there, they could victimize somebody again. And the B, the Department of Justice, they describe BP's actions as, quote, gross negligence and willful misconduct. Now, Halliburton was also fined, as was Transocean. Uh, in fact, all three paid fines for multiple felony accounts. But again, you know, paying out fines for serious felony cases that involve deaths and billions of dollars in damage. I mean, your average street criminal should be so lucky, you know, but uh, most of them are not. People go to prison for way, way, way less type of offenses than this. So unfortunately, uh, 
We do have a two-tiered justice system in our country, folks. We're not being honest with ourselves if we deny that fact. Now, as far as the criminal end of this case, or a few uh, executives from all three did face some criminal charges, but none, I repeat, none, did prison time. Now think about that again. You got 11 people dead and were never accounted for. 94 people had to be rescued in a rescue mission. That takes money and resources to do that. Billions and billions of dollars in damage, livelihood lost, you know, jobs lost, careers lost, vacations and resort industry destroyed, wildlife destroyed, on and on and on. You know, people from several states and, you know, impact felt as far away all the way up as Minnesota. All of that, and yet not one of them involved in this. When you got evidence, they cut corners and took a cheap route in fixing and upgrading their uh, their vessel. And all of that, and not one of them did time in jail. You know, paid out a lot of fines, but, you know, they're able to absorb that. And that was the case, uh, Purdue Pharmacy, we talked about, who people who, you know, to be frank with all of you again, they are the ones that are the driving force behind the opioid crisis we've had in this country. And guess what? That's about all they did was pay out fines. None of them have done any time in prison, even though you could probably certainly make a case and justify that being needed, but it doesn't happen. So just some fines and a few months of probation were basically all that was done. And uh, some smaller, more low-level people uh, maybe served more than a year of probation. Well... I do that for a living in my, you know, main job. I am a probation officer, and I can tell you, I've seen people serve a lot more than a year on probation for things not even in the same galaxy of seriousness as this. But, you know, money talks, folks, and if you have it, you can avoid uh, a lot of jail time. And that's what happened here. And two were actually acquitted altogether. So, you know, again, the justice system speaks. I'm not going to debate, you know, that decision, but... uh, just to show you all that, and in the end, just paid out a little, not a lot of money, but that was the only way it was ended up uh, being handled. You know, again, nobody did any serious jail or prison time, despite death and billions and billions of dollars of damage and havoc being wreaked on this society here. That's pretty serious, folks, and yet the justice system did not see it that way. Well, coming up, we're going to have some other future episodes. We've got some, again, like I said, coming up on the NFL concussion scandal, which we're coming up into the Super Bowl now. We've got the uh, Cincinnati Bengals versus L.A. Rams coming up in just less than two weeks now. And we're going to have attorney Sandra Ferguson and Greg Ulinchich join us again, have a discussion on the Operation Greylord that exposed a lot of uh, judicial corruption here in my home state of Illinois. I think a lot of you will enjoy that. Very interesting case. I remember reading this in college and discussing uh, a lot about it. And I you know, do personally know some people, some of the judges and attorneys and, that were involved. Very fascinating FBI case. And I think you'll look forward to uh, discussing that. Um, success story today. Uh, took a recent uh, lab puppy we had fostered. He, I think he... Uh, <laughs> joined us in for a little bit on the last episode he was uh, sent off today to go to his new loving forever home and i can't stress that enough when i do folks support your local animal shelter uh, adopt foster donate your time donate your money but 
That's where it's at, folks. Support the local ones, not the big wig CEOs, the ones buying up all the airtime and, and that trying to, you know, sadden you and guilt you into that where the overwhelming majority of that money is not going to go to support the animals. Support your local shelter, folks. You'll get to know the people involved and you'll love it. And it's a wonderful thing to be involved in. And I think you'll enjoy these upcoming cases as well. Like I always say, look out for each other. Uh, there's always people going to be out there trying to scam us. It's up to us to look out and take care of each other. Appreciate you tuning in. Um, like us on Facebook, White Collar Crimes. And uh, you can follow us on the Anchor link and even donate if you like. But as I always say, most importantly, we appreciate your listening to this show. And uh, you can also follow me on my website. Book any type of voiceover service you need at ryan-horn.com. And if you have ideas for the show, and we have had some of you reach out to us and do that, and we will certainly do everything we can to air an episode that you would be interested in. Always interested for ideas and feedback. So thank you for tuning in, folks. God bless. Take care. Stay safe. Uh, I know a lot of the country, we're dealing with some pretty serious, dangerous winter weather out there. So be safe and careful on that. And uh, again, God bless and take care, everybody.